Welcome to the podcast that's dedicated to helping business owners to prepare for exit so you can maximize value and exit on your terms. This is the Exit Insights podcast presented by Succession Plus. I'm Daryl Bates-Brownsword and today I'm joined by Roger Connect and he's the president of the Universal Accounting Center. Hey, welcome Roger. Thanks for joining me today. Pleasure. I appreciate the opportunity. Thank you. Yeah, it's great. Now, Roger, you uh, this is this podcast is going to be a slightly different angle to to the ones I, I work on, and and it's kind of important. It's really important because we we talk a lot to accountants, and we talk to how accountants engage with their clients, and how they're they're, they're pivotal, they're they're, they're centre to clients' business success, and and they help uh, uh, every business owner. Uh, stay compliant with all of the tax and and corporations laws that they need to comply with. They help them with their tax returns. They help them often get involved involved with uh, building their financial um, understanding and financial management of their business. And we know that accountants have all sorts of pressures on them from from everyone. You know, trying to uh, you know keep things moving and and they're often the centre of clients' businesses. Now. You work with accountants to help them deliver their, their, the services that they want to deliver to their clients and help them keep on top of things. So what I'd love to tap into to you with you today is, is why do you think accountants should be the, the, the people that work with their clients to help them prepare their business for exit? We know they understand finances. We know they understand regulations. We know they understand a bucket load of stuff, but love to get your take and, and insights on uh, working with accountants because this also works with accounting businesses to help them prepare their business for exit if i'm not mistaken oh it does so there's a few ways that we could address this obviously from the point of view of the business owner let's look at it from their perspective the business owner is obviously running their business and whether it's a small entity a large organization they do have accounting individuals with whom they're working and it could be internal staff it could be external services that they're outsourcing uh, for and in either case the accounting professional has a variety of responsibilities to help that business owner build the most value they can in the organization. So let me just illustrate a good a good example of how this is possible. First and foremost, we understand that the accounting profession is responsible for the bookkeeping and the accounting going on within the organization. There's a good deal of recording those transactions, but also then using those to understand what's going on in the business. And this is where it first becomes very important. It's the business owner that's leaning on the accounting professional to help understand what the business is is communicating via the language of business accounting that accounting professional is truly the the interpreter the translator of what the company is trying to say and communicate to the business and what we're trying to do here as accounting professionals is take the information and put it in its most useful in its most useful form so that the business owner can be making informed business decision now if we can actually empower the business owner so that they can have a steady stream of very reliable information they're going to be able to make those pivotal decisions confidently and that's what the business owner needs to have is that accounting team or individual that they can lean on to know what's going on with the cash flow within the organization what's going on with the credit lines the capital that exists within the organization all of these things as they relate to payables receivables they have an opportunity as an accounting professional to really empower the business owner to build an astounding organization so you're already talking about, I guess, the, 
the let's say the modern accountant who who's already moved beyond just looking at the historical numbers and going here's what tax you have to pay in 12 months time relating to to two years ago um and yes i'm being cheeky and facetious here and and but it's it's all about the hey let's you know we're, we're the keepers we're we're the people who help you understand and maintain all of this data and this information let's Let's help you use this information and look forward to help you plan and manage your business. And I love your language about understanding the, the communication of, uh, of the information that we've got and understanding that, that as the, the data and numbers as, as a language per se. Well, let me give you an example that I think will illustrate this for all of our listeners. First of all, there's a difference between a doctor and a coroner. The coroner is obviously someone that's looking at an individual that's deceased. It's They're dead. They can't change their circumstances or situations. It is what it is. But yet that coroner is a... Uh, MD, they're a medical doctor, they're someone that's profess uh, professional in the sense that they understand the human body, but I don't want to be visiting a coroner. That's not my job. As a business owner, I want to be talking to someone that can help me deal with my current situation. So when I go to the doctor, I'm not going just because I'm sick. As you get older, you should be going to visit them for physicals to assess, is there anything I need to be aware of? And they're taking blood tests and they're doing various things to determine, is there anything that we need to be doing to address current situations before they degrade to the point that they're now a problem in the future. And we're trying to get those pre-signs, the early signs or indications of issues or problems that may be arising in the body that we can address them early on and mitigate a lot of the problems that we could have. Well, it's the very same thing for a business owner. You could be waiting and not listening to or getting the advice of an accounting professional. Wait until you have a cash flow problem. Wait until you have a problem with capital. All of a sudden, you're in a dire situation and the problem is going to be much more difficult to resolve. But if I had regular checkups and I was regularly going in and getting an assessment, such as looking at the cash flow statement of the business on a monthly basis, it's almost like getting an EKG or a blood test done. And all of a sudden, I'm getting those insights I need to tweak or modify my diet, maybe modify my exercise routine. And now the business is able to become this fine-tuned machine that's producing just as if we're living a very healthy life and we're exercising or eating properly. At the end of the day, I'm not asking you to become a doctor, but I am asking you to consult with one and visit with one on a regular basis. I love that analogy. I've I've never heard that before. And and while you were speaking, I was thinking, I've gone, yeah, if we're carrying extra weight, well, that's probably just like carrying extra costs in our business. And, and you know, there, there's some costs that we need to cut um, unless for whatever reason we like carrying them around with us. Um, you, you, you get it. That is exactly right. So, um, okay, so, so there's a really good way to help us reframe and looking at it. And uh, we want to we st we start looking at our, our accountant as that person who can go, let's take stock of the situation. Let's have a look at what, what you've got. Here's, here's the ultimate goal of where you want to get to. Let's, let's take advantage. Let's use what you've got, what you've already got. And what do we need to do to tweak it and fine tune it to make sure that you're likely to get to that end goal? Because if we don't do anything... Uh, in advance, if we don't do any planning to prepare about reaching that goal, it isn't just going to happen on its own. Yeah, so we both know that there's various ways to assess or value the 
uh, worth of a business. Yep. Now, knowing that there's a variety of ways, let's just talk about EBITDA for a moment. You've got an accounting professional who has ready access to this number on a, on a regular basis. And using yep. that number, just one of many to determine the worth of the business, we can ask the business, what, business owner, what kind of organization do they want to actually have in the end? What's the exit strategy? If I want a $5 million, $10 million, $50 million business, that's the end goal. Well, what does that organization need to look like? And if we backwards engineer it as accounting professional, we can say, well, your profit margin isn't right. Your debt to equity ratio isn't right. Your liquidity ratio isn't right. We can start fine tuning various parts of the business that's no different than exercising and working on things that need attention. So all of a sudden, I'm going to the accounting professional, not because they're telling me what happened in the past and they're just telling me what I, are, what I already know. I'm going to the accounting professional for insights on how I can do things differently. It's the same as when you're working with a tax strategist. A tax strategist is is totally different than a tax preparer. A preparer is just filing the returns in a timely manner, but a tax strategist is someone who knows the tax code, the tax law, and is able to give insights on how we can mitigate tax liability legally. But yet at the end of the day, if I'm not taking the time to meet with this individual, every year at the end of the year, I'm caught off guard, the numbers are what they are, and I pay the taxes accordingly. But I'd rather work with the tax strategist to help me change things that are legally appropriate to minimize my tax liability. Yeah, and um, it's always that forward-looking, isn't it? Because if we, if we if we start looking forward, we can put steps in place to make sure that we reach our desired destination. So tax planning, business planning, business exit strategies, whatever it is, if we're looking in advance, we can close. We can see if there is a gap between where we are now and where we want to be, and if we're thinking about it, then we can figure out what it is we have to do to close the gap. I was speaking to an accountant once and he said to me, look, Daryl, clients give us the brief. We can give them advice and if we know what to do, but they need to come to us and they need to give us the brief. Because so often, this guy was saying to me, in the past, I've had clients, they came and they set up their company. They gave me the brief of saying, I want to build this business, but I want to structure it in a way to minimize the tax Uh, legitimately, but I want to minimize my, my, my tax, what I pay. And the account's gone. Great, no problem. We can do that. We can run your business that way. And then at some point, the client came to him and said, look, I want to sell my business. And why is my business? You know, I'm getting these really low offers. And the, and the accountant said, well, we structured it to minimize your tax. If you told me, hey, look, change in brief, I want to maximize the value of my business, then with a couple of years preparation, we could have changed the way you did your finances. We could we could you know, restructure it. We could adjust the accounts. I've got all the information there. But you never told me that you wanted to change the brief and you were thinking about exiting your business. It's a different paradigm that we have to work to. And so many business owners are working along their their business, just increasing the revenue year in, year out. They're not thinking about their business as an asset itself and that the mindset shift that that, that goes along with with changing the way they run their business. And and, and accountants are in that, that prime location to go, well, hey, look, if you... We need adjusted accounts. We need to look at your accounts the way an outsider will look at their accounts. Because when you're gone, Mr. Mrs. Business Owner, when you're gone, someone else is going to be running the business and the numbers are going to look different for them. We need to make it easy and show them what it'll look like. It's just one step. 
Yeah, what you're describing there is an all too pro all too often problem that exists for the business owner. So yeah. much they want to avoid paying taxes that they basically create an organization that's nearly worth nothing. They have perhaps the assets on the books that have value, but at the end of the day, the company's net profit is zero. They owe zero taxes, and you're just wondering, well, why doesn't anyone want this? Well, of course, it's not making any money. It's worthless. And so who wants to buy a business that doesn't make anything? So what we're trying to do here is address the strategy exactly as you described it and build an organization that's akin to what you're trying to actually accomplish. So it's kind of like looking at an athlete, a marathon runner, a long distance runner does not look like a disc, disc thrower, doesn't look like maybe the linebacker or the rugby player. They're, they're different physiques. And what we need to understand is they have different purposes. Well, if you're trying to build a business that's making a lot of money, it has to make a lot of money. Yeah. So this leads us, I guess, beautifully down as to, to what you do with accountants and how you help them prepare their business to be worth more. And at the same time, it, you know, it, it has that on, you know, it works backwards and forwards, I guess, helping their clients make their business worth more. So what are the, some of the things you work on, Roger, with, with your clients as accountants, as clients? So it's twofold. Obviously, what we're discussing now is what my uh, accounting professional that I'm working with should be providing to you as a business owner, as a client. These are the services that they should be providing. So yep. it's first educating the accounting professional as to what's expected by the business owner of them. And with that clarity, the business owner is able to then have a, a very favorable experience as this accounting professional delivers quality accounting services. And so I divide these into six things. It's bookkeeping, accounting, tax planning, tax preparation, CFO, and advisory services. Those are the six broad things that any business owner should expect of an accounting professional or the accounting company that they're working with. Now, that being said, when I start working with the accounting firm internally, I'm helping them build their company. And the first thing that I help them realize is their business is worth more than just the list of clientele with whom they're working. It's very important that they realize that they're not just building a client list that has value. There's so much more to their organization. The first thing I help them realize is this very important point that they need to build a company, an organization that is a self-sustaining, living, breathing entity that can exist apart from the business owner. They have to understand that they need to be building a company that has in place, processes, systems, things that are enabling them to do the work through individuals so that the client is taken care of, but it wasn't dependent upon them as the owner. And in this process, the accounting firm is able to build an, a business, an organization that has far greater worth j than just the client list with whom they're working. So that's the first place that we start. Okay. So, so we're building on the fundamentals and, and you started with a couple of ideas there of going, hey, look, we, I think you listed six, six, um, products shall we say that they they should be offering clients and they start at the most fundamental and then they build on value on that looking uh, as they go into more advanced and i guess um you, you didn't mention this but different size businesses would be and different businesses at different levels of maturity would be looking at different um, mixes of those products that they would be relevant so as the business matures you know they're, they're looking for more and more value from from the accountant and reading between the lines, there's more and more of that strategic type of information and more and more forward-looking information, planning uh, type of information. So I, I guess it, it links into you know, some of the fear that's in the accounting profession at the moment, that um, especially with you know, the, the rise of AI in, in just the last six months, 
Um, you know, I, I hear some accountants going, oh, look, we can never be replaced, you know, because of what we do. And then AI jumps in and sort of almost has the potential to wipe out a lot of what they do, the commodity side of what they do straight away. I see it as an opportunity because if if the AI is getting rid of the mundane, just administrative side of the business, the, the legal, the compliance side, clients don't want that. That's that's not a lot of value to them. You know, they, it's, it's more as a commodity. But where the opportunity is, is they've now got the, the time and the focus to spend time on the forward-looking stuff that is of value to the clients. And it's more than just the the looking back, I've, I've got to do this administration just to stay out of jail and to keep my business compliant and running smoothly. But um, it to me, this this opportunity, this timing of of AI gives the accounting profession the opportunity to look forward and just really do something with all of the data and all the information they've already got. Because in most countries around the world now, all, all SMEs are using some sort of electronic system to capture all of their data, and they've got so much information that you know, it could produce, but the accounting professions now have the opportunity to go, hey, Mr. Client, here's what this information means to you. Here's what you can do with this information. Here's, here's how you can make different choices. You've now got armed with all this information. You can make these choices moving forward. And I guess that's where you come into play in going, hey, you know how to do this intuitively, here's how to present it to the clients and help your clients get the most out of it. Is is that correct? Yeah, the way I would actually answer this question about AI and what you can expect from either chat GPT or BARD is what you're first of all needing to understand is these platforms don't just they don't just run analysis without you asking a question. So the very first point you have to realize is you have to be very good at asking great questions. And so as an accounting professional, what we want to first of all realize is, yes, our profession will be affected by this. Yes, we can leverage this to our betterment. I'm going to go back to just give it some context. There was a big fear back in the 1970s as spreadsheets came on that people yeah. were going to be in fact, uh, impacted negatively in the accounting profession. There was Lotus 1, 2, 3, Excel, and so forth, those types of things. Well, obviously, we're still here, and we're still using those those uh, tools. You look at the 90s and the accounting softwares, they came on scene. Into it with QuickBooks, you've got Sage, Zero, FreshBooks, all these accounting platforms, and that's phenomenal. What, what you're not realizing is the accounting profession did adapt. It did change. So in the 2000s, what started to become a very common narrative is the need for the accounting profession to offer greater value. We needed to be more value-driven to our clients to help them better utilize the information we were providing for them. And in fact, we started to see that accounting information, because of the smartphone and so forth, became real-time. It was no longer needed for the accounting professional to wait a month or more to give the information. The business owner had access to it in real-time often. So what we needed to do is we needed to realize as accounting professionals, what role can we really play for our clients? And it's really interpreting. It's taking the information, doing analysis, helping them look forward using the historical data. And that's a lot of what the AI is doing. But first, you have to understand that you only get out of the AI what you ask of it. And so the business owner is going to be turning to the accounting professional and saying, what are the questions I should be asking of the financials, of my industry, of what's going on within my sphere that 
AI could help me with, but I need to ask the right questions. And if you've ever used AI as of yet, whether it be the chat GBT or the BART or whatever platform, is you start to realize that if you ask the wrong question, you get a wrong answer. And another issue that's currently really affecting AI is what they call hallucination. The AI will actually lie to you in an effort to answer your question. And so you have to be able to, as the end user, see through that. You need to look at the information it's providing and actually extract from it the truths that you want to use and make decisions using that. So I really feel that the accounting professionals are going to become that much more valuable and important if we choose as a profession to use this as a tool. And I do expect that it will be integrated within the accounting softwares. I expect that they'll create an interface as part of the tool to actually leverage its ability as AI to analyze the data, but still it's going to default back to are we asking the right questions and are we able to discern from the information given what is the actionable information we need to be taking to the business owner. Yeah, you're spot on. And I, I remember, you know, way back as a kid when learning to use a calculator, you know, my dad was teaching me and he tried to teach me to use a slide rule first. And I'm going, well, dad, what do I need a slide rule for? You know, you gave me this calculator as a birthday present. Why? I don't need that. And, uh, and you know, when using the calculator, he said, look, you can, you, you can punch the numbers in. But if, if the answer it gives you doesn't make sense, you need to know that. You need to know about the calculation that you're doing. You need to have some understanding of what you're asking the calculator to do to make sure that the, the number that just pops up on screen is actually makes sense in the context of what you're asking. If, if, yeah, if you, you could have entered the keys in, the numbers in, and made a mistake... You don't want to just take that number for granted. You need to look at it and analyze it. I love your example here because I've used it many a times myself. Being a school, a post-secondary school for accounting professionals, a lot of times they wonder why are we teaching them journals and ledgers when we could just go to the software. And what happens is when you just use software, you become a data entry person. You put it in and you let the computer software do all the heavy lifting. But you're exactly right. When calculators came on the scene, a lot of people were actually in the schools saying, no, we don't want to incorporate them at all. Well, obviously we do, but we need to do the longhand addition, subtra subtraction, multiplication, division, because then two things happen. One, you gain appreciation for what the tool is doing for you after you've done a long multiplica multiplication on a, on a sheet of paper. You know all the steps to get to that final answer. But to your point, one of the things that happens, and we've all done it, have you ever gone in and put a number in and divided it instead of multiplied it? And instantly when the answer came, you know, oh, I forgot. I'm supposed to be or dividing this, not multiplying yeah. it. And it's oftentimes with regards to percentages. Well, it's that sixth sense. It's the expected. That's we know ballpark-wise what the numbers ought to be, and when it comes back totally different, we're quickly able to discern, oh, I did something wrong here. Well, yeah. imagine if we lost that sense and we started using accounting software and we didn't second-guess a lot of the results we were receiving. I want a professional who has that sixth sense, that has that wisdom about the numbers that as things start to not make sense, they can dive deeper into those. Yeah, look, that that's a great example. And we 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 learn a lot and we become intuitive when we've done something many times. I, I've worked with a great accountants before and, and, and I've shown the, the, the balance sheet and they've just looked at it and instantly there's, they've said, there's something not right about that business. And I've gone, how did you get to that so quick? And he's gone, it's just obvious. And and I played with it for, you know, for half a day going, look, I, there's, yeah, I'm trying to figure it out. What's this telling me? 
gave it to my accounting and he just said, okay, you need to look here. And I said, well, look, just you go straight to the client because you know what you're doing. You know exactly what you're looking for. Um, they're your strengths. My strengths are over here. Um, it just, I, I, I didn't feel right about it, but I knew there was something not quite right. You've pinpointed it. Why? Because you've done it a million times before. You've, you're, and you've applied that knowledge and, and it's now intuitive and you're able to go straight to the client with with the result and, and where to look and where to dig deeper. They went down, they found the problem and you know the, the client was, was able to make some switches and, and, and solve the problem. So, you're, you're, you're using a great example there. I'm going to go back to my doctor analogy. Put an x-ray on the screen. Yeah. Put, a, uh, put an EKG report on the screen. Take a blood test. Put it on the screen. You and I are just going to stare at it all day long trying to figure out what's wrong with it. You bring in <laughs> someone that's a medical professional, they're going to go, oh, yeah, that's it. This is it. That's it. This is what's going on. It's because that's our chosen profession. And when working with a proven accounting professional, you can expect that. Brilliant. So... We've got a, a highly capable accounting professional. They're, they're, doing, they're, they're looking to take their business to the next level because they want to build their business so much more than just you know, having a list of clients. They, they got into that profession because they, they want to you know, work with the financial side and they want to add value to their client businesses. What are some of the things? Have you got a process that you work with them? Have you got a, a number of areas that you go, look, here's a... Here's how we can use your strengths, your skills, and put them on steroids to provide added value to clients. We certainly what do. What are some so, of the easy things? Well, first of all, we start with a principle called MAP. It's called We refer to it as mapping the business. And with mm -hmm. this, we're able to discern where either the greatest challenge or opportunity exists within the organization. We do this with all the business clients we work with. But as it applies for accounting professionals, the first thing we want to know is, are they in a position where they're, they're growing the business? Are they needing to focus on the marketing and sales of the business? That's the letter M in the acronym mark, uh, MAP. Now, with it being marketing and sales, that's because we want to grow the business. Now, if that's not the case, and we want to go to the second area, it could be that I don't need any more clients, but I'm looking at the accounting services I'm providing, and I realize I need to bring in some additional value. I need to increase my pricing. I need to increase the revenue per client that I'm receiving. And if that's the part of the business that I need to focus on, I might be needing to look at additional services, maybe doing something more for my client, improving that relationship. It's also addressing the long-term value of the client, because we know what the cost per acquisition is, but do we know what the long-term value of that client is so that we can improve that relationship and retain them longer? But the third thing is production. So you got mapping the business consisting of marketing and sales to grow the business. A is the accounting services. P is production. And this is where we're looking at the standard operating procedures, working efficiently within the organization, dealing with the things that save us time but make us money, and at the end of the day, improving the profitability of the business. And so when I go into the business, what I want to do is I want to focus on those three areas and ask them, which is the priority today? Which right now in the next quarter is the area that is the biggest challenge or opportunity that we need to address? And with that, they're able to identify this is the focus, this is what we're going to be doing in the organization, and as such, we're able to build the accounting firm. So you've got some nice, simple little process there that you, know, you work with them to identify the areas. Because as you say, I think you've highlighted something really, really essential there is that it's not one size fits all. There's not one solution for every business. Just like some business owners want to 
get out of their business today. Some business owners just want to you know, do a partial exit and de-risk and, um, and gradually step down. And some business owners just want to go, you know what, I've got... let. I've got a couple of years left. I've got a few years left. Let's crack on. Let's let's jump in. Let's get all hands on on deck and let's let's build this baby as big as we can before and then we'll, and then we'll exit. So just like in every business, there, there's different options that are available to us. The key thing that you're saying is let's understand what's important to you and then we can find the right strategy that'll that'll work for your business. That's right. I want to understand what their goals are. I have to recognize, just as you pointed out, it's their business. It's not mine. I don't need to impose yeah. my ideas of what needs to happen. So all of a sudden, I'm listening more. And so that brings me to five things that I do with the client. And the first of which is engage and manifest. I just want to understand what makes them tick. What is their why? Why did they start the company? Why do they do what they do? How do they see themselves being different than their competition? And ultimately, why are they in this? What's the exit strategy? How do they see this coming to an end? Is it in the three years, five years, 15 years? What valuation do they expect? I want to know the big picture because I want to know what makes them tick. And as hard times may come, I want to know how they push through those. And so that's where I start with every business owner because it is all about them. Yeah. And you sort of alluded to this before, Roger, is, um, I, I, and I'm going to pick it up because it's something that's near and dear to my heart with, with a lot of traditional professional service practices. You know, we, we get locked into the, we need to be charging clients, we need to be doing billable time with all, all of our clients. And I think you were saying that, you know, you need to get the team to be delivering the, the product. And I'm not, I'm not even going to call it billable hours, but they need to be solving the problems for the clients and delivering the product. And that allows the proprietors, the owners of the business to be stepping out of being tied down to client work and delivery work and that allows them to what do more strategic work and think about how to work on the the next steps for the business and, and what products they should be selling to their clients did, did I read that right in 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 you suggesting that yeah, the, the owners might want to get out of client delivery work yeah, in so many ways, let me just kind of address that. It's not to say that they're not working, and it's not to suggest they're not interacting with the sure. clients, but I want to suggest that they consider in order to build a business that is worth something, they need to extract themselves from the day-to-day -day operations. That was that quote I said earlier. It's me quoting myself of building a self-sustaining, living, breathing entity that is autonomous from the business owner. Well, the point of all of this is essentially to say that they, at the task level, have a job. When you start the business and you're going to work every day, opening the door, closing the business. Every day you're working in the company because you have a job. If you don't do it, nobody else will. We want to grow beyond that to a lifestyle where you actually are afforded the benefits of running and owning that business, but you have key employees, perhaps even key management that allow you to actually step away from the day-to-day -day operations. And in doing so, that moves you then eventually from job to lifestyle to ultimately owner. At the end of the day, we want you to be the leader, the visionary, the one that's giving purpose to everything, bringing your passion to everyone else because what we want you to do is give us a perspective of where we're headed with everything. And you're working on the business more than you're working in it. This is where you're looking at lines of credit, how you're getting the capital to grow the business. You're taking and maybe acquiring new places such as office places, geographically opening up new offices. You're bringing in new product lines. It's all these things that you're doing in the organization that basically help its vitality. And at the end of the day, when you're an owner, it's kind of like here in the United States, there's a show called Shark tank and many are familiar with it and it's where you're realizing that these individuals that are hearing about these pitches of companies aren't 
interviewing to work in those businesses. They're interviewing to invest in those businesses. They don't want to work a day at the company. They're trying to give their money to this entity that's going to make them a profit. Well, at the end of the day, you as a business owner should be doing the same with your company. You're not reinvesting in your business simply because you want to work there. You're investing because you want to get a profit out of that investment. Yeah, and the, the Sharks, or in the UK, it's Dragon's Den. They're assessing the risk. They're saying, how risky is it if I put my money in this business? Well, will the business grow and will my, my capital be safe or will it evaporate? You know, does this person have the capability? Um, yeah, so, so working on the business, it's a classic uh, Gerber, isn't it? If they're working <laughs> on the business, one of the beautiful things that, 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 that I've seen re-energize um, entrepreneurs, entrepreneurs are visionary people. They, they, they inspire the people that are around them and they work with them. When they get caught and bogged down into their business, they, they lose that ability to inspire and they become frustrated. When you show them how to get out of that, their, their energy comes back and they become back that they're a bit like a sun. They just radiate energy outwards to the rest of the business and they're re-energized because they've effectively got a new career. They've, they've as a business owner, they didn't see anywhere they could go with their career, but you've got a new career for them by, by getting them out of the day to day and, and working on the strategic, the forward looking side of the business. And, and it's so refreshing to hear um, that being applied to all businesses, not just you know certain businesses. You know, because at the end of the day, what's required to build value in a business is pretty much the same across all industries. Oh, yeah. The word that I use that describes what you've just mentioned is passion. When I've yeah. worked with successful people, they have passion, and that passion is contagious. It's what they bring to their customers. That's why people want to do business with them. It's what they bring to their employees. That's what gets them excited about their careers and the opportunities with them. It gets them to be loyal to the individual and the company because of the passion. And there are instances as entrepreneurs that we find ourselves losing that passion, that drive, and we have to find ways to rekindle it. But most importantly, we've got to realize that we bring the energy to the business, and if we lose it, the company will lose it. The employees will lose it. The customers Absolutely. will lose it. So we've got to do everything we can to remain impassioned about what we do. Absolutely. And, and that's key. We've got to get that culture and, that, and that, that to balance up and mix and, and counterweight the commercial. Because if it's all commercial, it's a dull place. It's a horrible place to be. If it's all culture, we're not making any profit. We need to get them in balance. We get that passion, that energy, that inspiration, the excitement, and, and match it with great commercial results. Roger, time's ticking away. Is there, there? We, we've, we've covered a lot of ground at high level and I, I can imagine the accountants um, who are listening to this, running their practices going, yeah, that's really well and good, Roger, but give me a couple of takeaways. What, what, what are one or two, three things that I can take away and start working on right now? And, and we'll use that to wrap up our episode today. I would start, first of all, with you need to have a business plan. Too often I work with accounting professionals that just don't have a clear understanding of where they're going with the organization. So I would implore you to, first of all, have a business plan. Take the, the acronym that I gave earlier in the discussion to map your own business. Identify what part of the company you need to focus on so that you can actually give it its due tension. And with that attention, actually improve either growing the business, offering quality services, or figuring out how to do so efficiently and 
profitably. If you do that, I believe you'll be much more happy with what the work is that you're doing and your clients will as well benefit from it. And most importantly, at the end of the day, you'll build an organization that is thriving with you as their leader. And at the end of the day, you'll have a business that you can ultimately sell and uh, have your own exit. So business plan, map it out, manage expectations. I love it. Roger, thanks so much for sharing your insights with us today. I think uh, uh, we, we did cover a fair bit of ground and uh, fairly quickly and deeply. So it's been brilliant. Appreciate your time with us. My pleasure. I appreciate it. And always remember this, if it's about accounting, it is universal. Mm-hmm.